This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. As a matter of fact, the facts don't matter. Good morning, Night Vale. Beep boop beep beep It's me, Hal. <laughs> Scat Skittles Kebabble. It's me, Meg. And I'm one of your tri hosts on this journey, this journey wherein the three of us listen to every episode of Welcome to Night Vale and talk about it because we think it's fun and we do it for you. Tonight, we're discussing episode 128, A Matter of Blood, part two. And the time we are coming to you from is Thursday, February 9th, 7.42 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This episode description, as it originally appeared, was, It is the day of the blood matter from space, and Dana's devil is seeking revenge on the mayor. Shall we talk about it? I think we should. I think that's what we came here to do, is talk about it. So let's talk about it. It's the day. Yeah, let's talk about it. It's Blood Matter Day, which is what I wrote down. And I like that there's like a potluck. I feel like that's like a very Meg thing to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, well, what we, how, how, how shall we eat about this? Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, we know that Pamela Winchell brings the vegetarian sush. Mm-hmm. And Susan Willman yes. brings those... Or, right, yeah, brings, brings the, co- the cookies with... Store-bought cookies? With the price tag on them. Never. Don't do that. Put them on a plate. Yeah, like, don't even bring anything. Let, let them think you made them. Yeah. Right? What would you... What do you bring to, like, things like that? It really depends on the thing. There's, like, a number of things that you could bring. Like, I feel like a, a, a baked pasta is good, like a baked ziti or a lasagna mm. is nice for that. Or if it's, like, just, like, something snacky, like, I could make a guacamole. Yeah. You know, the last one I remember was a very long time ago. It was a friends of ours host like a dinner around the holidays and mm-hmm. they make a giant prime rib. So <gasps> like you get to have prime rib. And then if you want another one, you get a whole other like I, I'm a huge prime rib guy. I love prime rib. I love prime rib. So it's just this giant like, oh, I'll have another whole slab of prime rib off of that giant prime rib that you made. And with a horseradish sauce or something? I think there was horseradish. I, I want the au jus. I, the horseradish is fine. It's hard to find a good horseradish to go with it, but I do like it. Oh, okay. We I made dressing. I made Jennifer's family's dressing and brought that brought that with. I feel like I feel like people enjoyed it, but I like there was some left, which I take as a great affront, but also an opportunity to eat it later. I that I will eat it. Don't worry. You don't want it, I will eat it. Don't it's fine. I usually bring a couple of vegetable items because, mm. you know, I, it, uh, because I, that's what I like. Or I bring an 
hors d'oeuvre because I'm an hors d'oeuvre queen. Mm. I love anything wrapped in puff pastry. You know, I like to make those little pockets, you Mm. know, with like cut up mushrooms and stuff and other veggies or whatever. And then it's yummy and delicious. I'm happy. It makes me happy. Or some sort of potato with cheese. Whipped cheese. Crowd pleaser. Potato with cheese. Good choice. But yeah, the store brand cookies. Come on. Come on. Do better. Get it together. At least like, (laughs) I mean, okay. Okay. The one store brand cookie that is acceptable to bring to a party is the Costco chocolate chips. Because they're soft baked. They're soft baked. And they're like good for a party because there's a bunch of them and they're delicious. And Costco is a yeah. store brand, technically. If I have to bring a packaged product, like a pop product that I did not personally make, have you guys ever had Portillo's chocolate cake? Yes. I have not, but that sounds good. It's immaculate. Like, it's very moist. It's chocolate, chocolate, ice, like chocolate, you know, frosting. It is very, very good and is always a crowd pleaser. So. There's a Portillo's in Anaheim. There is? Yes. And when we did that show in Anaheim, Jennifer and I went afterwards to Portillo's to eat. That was where we ate afterwards. And, and it was great. I had, I've had i had Portillo's cause I, in Chicago. Yeah. So it was like, oh, it's that again. Yeah, because it's a Chica- Chicago thing. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad it was consistent because yeah. that's always disappointing when a place franchises and then it's terrible. Yeah, they just gave me a hot dog and dunked it in water and they said, here's your wet beef. <laughs> oh, stop it. Straight to, straight wet, to hot do- wet hot dog bun. Wet hot dog bun, the worst. The if soggy, straight. To if jail. it's not like it, there's going to be some steaming from the inside, but when it gets like a soggy, like if water spills, done. I don't want it. If my own water spills no. on my plate, I'm like, well, there goes all the food on it's it. It's garbage at that point. This belongs to the to the bears now. Yeah, throw it into the woods. No, that is forever unclean, and I will not eat it. Unless I'm like, what are we at Nathan's hot dog eating contest? And I'm trying they, to yeah. shove 800 hot dogs down my gullet. They, that's disgusting. I would never do that by choice, though. Feels like there should be more. I mean, not should. I'm surprised there aren't more choking deaths at that contest because <laughs> it looks like <laughs> yeah, it looks like they're just just every single one is just being shoved. Like there's no enjoy. I do. I have. There's a deep corner of of food talk that is uh, competitive eaters who travel to, all around the world to restaurants with eating challenges yeah. and and do them, including a woman who I think is like two feet tall. She's like, all right, let's put our hair up and do it, and then the little um, she's like she's like yeah. blonde Asian. She's the best. No. Not Asian. Oh, I, I, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. She's like really all the best competitive eaters. I think are like, weigh no more than 150 yeah. pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I meant by little. They've got that fast metabolism. That's the secret. True. The secret competitive eating is that it can't stay with you long. There's another competitive eater who is in really good shape, but he'll do something like I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna try to eat 30,000 calories in 24 hours, and so like he has all this food and eats it. And then at the end, the stomach's out and he's gained like 30 pounds. And all I can think of is like, he's got to have a TV in his bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) You have to. There's no way you can't, you don't. Or you're like, you have a plug for your phone in there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like with a, with like one of those stands that you, I just put a flat screen, you know, that will hold your phone. Put a flat screen in there. I'd be sweating so bad. Yeah, but not on the. You're not going to be leaning on the TV. The TV will be fine. 
But then your legs go numb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after sitting for too That's, long. Oh, you don't have the recliner toilet? <laughs> or okay. they should make a toilet like, don't. you know the massage chairs at Brookstone? The ones that massage your calves and legs? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, that they should have that in a toilet. Sometimes it takes a while. <laughs> Not to bring it up, mm-hmm. however. Damn it. It's a very comfortable bed table <laughs> that you, yeah. you are on during colon hydrotherapy. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like a reclined toilet, I guess. Oh, interesting. It's been zero days. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But then when you have to go to the bathroom, you get up and duck walk across the room you're turning into one of those lawn slip and slides with the wacky arms just spraying everywhere. And then poor, poor Tito sitting there reading the paper going, you all right there? Everything good? Because my job is literally to make sure you don't crap all over our walls. Somebody has to clean that up. The table is a toilet. You don't have to get off of the table to. <laughs> can I have a t-shirt that says the table that the table is a toilet? Is that, can, is a can that be our next merch? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> oh my God! I'm gonna make cap. I'm gonna wear it to it, Ralph. It's a placemat. This is the. T- <laughs> <laughs> it's a placemat and a promise. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my God, it's Blood Matter Day, everyone. Speaking of bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of bathrooms, where Dana is hiding, there's only one bathroom. And as soon as she started the description, I was like, "Oh, she's at Cecil and Carlos." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. But she's in their guest bedroom and they haven't decided whether to turn it into like a little lab or a recording studio. Mm. I say half and half. Have a co-working space. Sure. Why not? Beakers beakers on one side. You don't microphones on the other. You don't need more than like a like a two phone booths worth of space to have a recording studio. It's actually better. You don't need it all spread out. I've been thinking, like, yeah. maybe I need to build this area out and put, like, a curtain behind me and do a whole thing. But I'm too lazy, and it costs money. Do not pay attention to the man behind the curtain. <sighs> <laughs> I literally, actually, I've never been over to Hal's house. Not yet. Not yet. So I am imagining mm-hmm. now that it's going to be somewhat, like, Going to visit the great and powerful Oz. It would be if <laughs> if uh, if he hadn't yet furnished his home. <laughs> be like, oh, I remember that couch. It looks real small in this room. <laughs> and why is your Christmas tree still up? It's February. Oh, I... wait, is your Christmas tree still up? Yes. I literally just took mine down, like, but right before I came to LA. <laughs> I have to take the wreath down off the door. It's been dead for a long time. <laughs> Oh, you do a live one. We did this time. Okay. Would I, I? Jennifer bought it, and I was like, "All right, well, let's put it up there," and it looked nice. But a live wreath in in a desert climate does not live. Dry as dry AF. Yeah. I have some more questions. Uh huh. So the Christmas tree that's still up. Are you still turning the lights on? Yes. Okay. Okay. Is it a fakey or a really fakey? Fakey. Is it on a timer, okay. or are you daily still turning this tree on? There's a foot pedal, and you step on the foot pedal and cycle through like the eight, seven or eight different light settings. So we put, set okay. it to what we want, and then at the end, you just at the end of that, you just hear, okay, and that'll that turns it off. So you're turning the tree on every night. Yes, that's right. So you just just leave it up all year, then it could happen. 
if it's bringing you joy <laughs> and it's not it's your house it's not just like a chore that's not getting done like you're actively still using it yeah i've thought about it and thought like oh this is nice and then i also look at it and go like and it's not going to burn down your house i better not <laughs> i'll be so mad well, because i mean it's not like a real one where it's just going to dry out and become like kindling yes no that's on the door that's what i mean we also on our on our uh on our coat closet door we we bought a hook to hang sleigh bells on our front door sure but it didn't fit so they're just hanging over the the closet door that's still there too help. love it always ready for help me. <laughs> things aren't going well <laughs> i think i'm losing it you know who else is losing it the two dana cardinals dana what a great performance Yikes. by uh, by Jessica Nicole, no surprise, playing, doing double duty as two Danas. Yeah. Love her. And actually, I was, like, so ex- so interested. I didn't realize that they were going to have her voice both. I thought it was just going to be, like, Cecil, like, you know, we'd hear from Dana, mm-hmm. our Dana. But, like, I had no idea that we – so when I heard the other Dana, I was just like, oh, and, like – it was just, it's just like more, it's her, but it's like darker, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I don't think it's just the music, you know? I think it's also her fine acting skills. And we are all Jessica Nicole stands in this podcast. But Bad Dana is a torturer, murder, murderer, and is very single-minded. This is super graphic. You know? Absolutely. Like slitting a throat, cutting fingers off. Like it's yeah, her mom's finger. Yeah, it's it's uh, nasty. But then also, like, what a great motivation for this Dana, who's like a who's kind of like the Terminator. Like she's come from another another space to be here, and yeah. she's there avenging on behalf of all other Danas what this Dana did. Because you're not supposed to kill your double, which begs the question: Is everybody going to have to deal with this? Because they're not the only person who killed their double, right? Right. But how are they supposed to know? I mean, how is anyone supposed to know? I don't know. Right? We're supposed to do just hug them? Well, no. It was kill, kill or be killed. That's how that's how Dana, uh, or that's how Night Vale deals with it. Doesn't mean it was the right way. It just meant that's how they did it. I don't know. I just feel like. Unreliable narrator. I remember there was like a very attacky sort of, okay, you're right. <laughs> but like other people experienced sure, it. Sure. Th- that's too. true. That's true. This Dana doesn't care though. Maybe it's maybe it's by person. Like the Danas are this way, and the Tamikas are another way, and the Steves are another way, the Debs are one way, and the Cecils, the Carlos, Carly. What do you think your Bizarro character? I don't like? know. I'd love to find out. I can't imagine a scary, spooky Steve Carlsberg. Well, I mean, we've gotten hints of it in the live shows, right? Like, there's always a turn where it gets dark, but never completes. It always turns back. Oh, yeah. But I guess I just thought that that was just like the sense of humor, like this darkness that's prevailing through Night Vale. And like, oh, gosh, that would be actually really scary if he was mostly spooky, scary Steve. Yeah. And then was nice only a little bit. Yeah. Or uh, like, well, I mean, it's, yeah, like what would make that character laugh? What makes that ca- We know what makes this Steve sound dark what makes the dark steve sound like the steve we know right and that's true for any of the characters like it's just a weird it's a good character study as a as a writer or an actor or an observer of things 
What if my Tamika is just like a girl who can't read? <laughs> oh my goodness. That would be wild. What about Deb? See, I don't think Deb would have a, like, I think she doesn't have doubles or like multidimensional. Because she's not oh. a person. Yeah, I think that she's, oh, she's yeah. like a very specific to Night Vale, specific to her world. Mm. I was going to, in my Deb's. mind, I was like, what would a socialist Deb be like? <laughs> a Marxist Deb. Oh, I was just thinking that you would be somehow solid. <laughs> just a person. <laughs> A person named Deb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, huh. Well, that is interesting. But yeah, she's a she this one that we're coming upon. Although, like after the weather, she was very like her talking about, you know, the other universes and how we may think that she's evil and all that stuff. And I was like, Oh, you got me, gal. Mm-hmm. Cause that is what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, man. I was thinking that it was the double Dana was evil Dana. And then it opened up to me that it was one of the other dimension Danas and the double Dana is actually dead. So it made my, it right. got me on the right path there. Yeah. And I, I really love Jessica's performance of both of them. I also like the audio editing choice to have the evil mm-hmm. Dana echo. Mm-hmm. So it's like she has the yeah. voices of like the other, the other Danas as well. I thought yeah. that was a neat little stylistic choice. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking for the mini. And then, yeah, and super violent with the, I'm going to send a message. And the guy's like, what do you mean? What's the message? And she's like, come here. And like, hey, it's your body, dude. It's your dead body. That's the message. That was really dark and super intense. Yeah. Never ask them what the message is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Ne- never. D- dipping back to the blood party. The blood party seems kind of cool. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It seems like a nice event. It's like kind of a little, like a little bit out of hand. Like Cecil's trying to like report on what's happening here. And it's like rollicking. Station management eats the blood matter. The station management's like all ready to receive, which is interesting. Sure. Kind of makes sense in a way. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like outside with their mouth open to the sky. And I'm like, yuck, ready to just gulp it down. Yeah. Do you think because Cecil said he didn't he didn't know that they could eat? Do you think? I mean, we've never had that sort of come up. Like, how often do you think they eat? Is it like a snake where you only have to eat like every once in a while? Like, and do they only eat blood matter from space? I think they only eat whatever the most horrifying thing you can think of is. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I'm easily skeeved out, so that's what I that's what I was getting off of too. Like, oh, they eat blood and yeah, they're the grossest. Viscera. Yeah. The grossest. Yeah. But does so station management eats blood and viscera? Does the city council eat blood and viscera? Does the glow cloud eat blood and viscera? Like of those sort of those characters in Night Vale, the ones that are like I don't know how to describe that class of character in Night Vale. They're like not because they're not exactly monsters. They're just like creatures. Creatures, yeah, yeah. I mean, Deb, I think, is one of them. As like a sentient patch of age, the you know city council is just like a body yeah. of weird. Station management is a body of weird, and the glow clouds a glowing cloud. I always think of them as more supernatural in a way. I don't know why, but I think just because they aren't like 
humanoid, you know, mm-hmm. like humanoid. So it's like they have, they follow like different rules. I guess I just never assumed that they ate at all or that they, if they did eat, it would be like people or something. Right. Like the librarians, you know? Oh yeah. Librarians are another one of those characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're creatures. I think creatures is. Creatures. 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 Well, the blood matter does come at the end mm-hmm. and boy, is it gross sounding. Or at least, not gross sounding, but just, I don't know why I just got this, like, anticipatory feeling that it was just going to be, like, not like little drizzly rain, like big chunks and clumps (laughs) of stuff coming from the the sky. Absolutely, yeah. You know, like, flesh, blood, bits, you know, all sorts of stuff. Or, like, dumping a bucket. Matter. Where it's just, like, rather than... Chum bucket. Other than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Chum bucket from the sky. I also like that... Chum bucket. That's happening at the moment that that our Dana is being called off. She's heading to her face off with the Terminator Dana. Yes. It's a good, really good cliffhanger. Like, I really... Like, a very compact episode. And... Yeah, absolutely. It's like a ton of stuff doesn't happen. They're like just two basic things happening... And and they feel like the A and the B are are really good, and the A is really suspenseful. Like I found myself going, "Oh, I really wonder what happens next." Like I was really pulled into mm-hmm. to the way the the suspense was laid out for me. Absolutely, this this one, and because also anytime Cecil doesn't say good night, night feel good night, or like really like put a button on the end. You know, or there's a cliffhanger like that. Mm-hmm. It just really like doesn't leave me unsatisfied, but it's in that way that you hear like a progression of a chord, but it doesn't get to the resolution at the end, and you're just like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on the edge. And for me, that was Jeffrey going, "Better help is it?" Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because Cecil's last lines are, "Oh God, it's here,", it's here. and then Jeffrey's like, pops on doing the ad. Oh, what's great uh, is the ads are dynamic, so at some point you may listen to it and be like, Toyota is having a sale this weekend. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, Toyota! <laughs> Just kidding, Toyota. We love you. Please sponsor yeah. us. They do. <laughs> great! Sometimes. Can I get a Toyota? No. They do, like, they Dang buy, it. like, kind of small buys. I don't know if they're that small, but they're, like, the... They're localized, so it's like Toyota dealers of Southern California. If, well, but like instead of like a Rav Four, could we have like a Rav Two? Is that okay? Like, is just something? Can we negotiate <laughs> just something? Uh, I'll even take an Elantra. That's Hyundai. Oh, that's a Hyundai. <gasps> that's a Hyundai. Don't worry, they're gonna drop us. <laughs> Look, I'm. I don't know cars. I don't know sports. <laughs> But Symphony knows she likes to go fast, fast, vroom, vroom. Not in Elantra. You're not going to be going fast. Oh, no, that's a different. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Toyota RAV4s are the. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is all an ad, you guys. But also before the blood-based stuff, terrible, gross chunks and clumps. The chumps come down. We have the transfer of power mm-hmm. to the mayoral office. 
Here's my thought that actually like popped in my head. And I was like, that would be fucked. What if our Dana gets, you know, killed, hemmed up by the bad Dana. And I'm calling her bad Dana because bizarro Dana. I don't know what to call it. She gets obliterated. Yeah. Does she get all the power? And then is she in charge of Nightfall? I have the same thought. Is she technically the mayor because she could be? Is Dana maybe? Question mark exclamation point. Period. Period. Semicolon. Yeah, we're here, here making this statement about you know what happens when power falls into the wrong hands because we trusted the, mm. the person who held it previously. Mm. And yeah. And now here we are. Welcome to the. Uh, but we only have one more episode. They've got to like wrap it up, right? And I hope Dana. Yeah. I think they will. I hope Dana's okay. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm confident that they will, but like, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I is scared. I don't blame you. I'd like to express a listener disappointment as a listener to the show. Go ahead. So Uh-oh. remember when it was the last episode? There was Cecil Baldwin's Theater of the Mind. Uh huh. Where it yes. like got us to the show and we were waiting in the audience for the show to start and then it went away. And mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping it would be like a runner. Oh, yeah. And we'd get more. Because he had just described the theater. And, yeah. And it, there's no more. <laughs> That's true. We just went straight to this little party. Yeah. There was no Cecil, Baldwin, Cecil Palmer's Theater of the Mind. Maybe it'll come back. To get further into the show. I... Hopefully it does. Like I'll just be standing by listening and waiting to hear more about this theater and this show. But I was, I had like expectations, just little tiny side side expectations. I do. And I feel like the bottom fell out. Not great. I'm sorry. You don't have great expectations. Yeah. Just medium expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Should we, should we move to the weather? Yeah, I guess we'll move to the weather. I'll take it up with Joseph Fink. Yeah. (laughs) Talk to management. Up next, we hear from fans and friends of the podcast about their theories, comments, and questions. But first, a conversation about this episode's weather. Lemonade in the Shade by Jeff Scroggins and Colorado. If okay, <laughs> there was ever if there was ever a name that went with like a band where a mandolin that's like a bluegrass band. Scroggins is like number one. Like, oh, <laughs> they have banjos and mandolins, right? For sure, they do. This is bluegrass band. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was like a song to me that was like, occasionally when I cycle for a really long time, I need music that is not like, wor- like it, that's instrumental. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that just like keeps a pace and like, that I can just like, whatever. And this made me think of riding through cornfields in Iowa, like crazy. And I was just like, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Screaming yeehaw. <laughs> it was great. I, I enjoyed it. I did too. And I'm not necessarily a bluegrassy, country e sort of gal, but I like this one. You know who else I like like this? Steve Martin. He's oh, an excellent banjo the, player. The, the Steep Canyon uh, Rangers is his band too. He's got a full, like, Very real. Good. Yeah. I, this gave me the same vibes. Very highly skilled. Uh, banjo and the mandolin are both incredible to me. And hearing yeah. them together with a guitar, like, so good. I actually enjoy bluegrass music more than I thought I did 
in my <laughs> teens and 20s where it was like, I don't like country. I don't like bluegrass. But like any yeah. genre of music, you can't just, there's stuff to enjoy within it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And bluegrass is just, that's nothing but a good time. It is. It gets you like yeah. toe tapping. That's it's me. very energizing music for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like bluegrass. I'm a fan. I like Nickel Creek. I guess the, that's mm-hmm. the bluegrass band that I like listen Nickel- to the most. Nickelback? Nic- <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Nickel Creek. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. Love that Nickelback. But yeah, I like the song Scroggins for sure. Agree on the name. That yeah. Scroggins is the name of a like a bearded guy who plays the the banjo really well. And I like the t- the name. I like the bluegrass uh, song titles a lot. I feel like they have fun with them. And this one's called "Lemonade in the Shade," and it's a very bluegrass song title. Mm-hmm. I, I endeavored to learn a little bit more about Jeff Scroggins in Colorado, and I went on a journey trying to figure out what's up. I, I think that m- maybe they're playing music again, or Jeff Scroggins is at least playing music again. But there was a hiatus during COVID. But the if you um, just go to the website, guys, and the the, it, the vibes are so weird at, on the website. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a GeoCity site. Yeah, let me let's just go and like read a little bit from this website because it it blew my mind. I don't think the website is run by Jeff Scroggins. <gasps> what it says? Hi, our website supports the music supports the music band Jeff Scroggins and Colorado in every way possible. We are a fan resource that follows the work of this band. With modern technology, the music band stands out for its activity and positive. You can get acquainted with the creative work of the... Unfortunately, the band closed, but this does not prevent us from enjoying their work. It feels like AI wrote this. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Or... Wow, weird. By the way, I'm looking. Tristan Scroggins is also in the band, along with Greg Blake. They do have a Facebook page. But yeah, but also if you go to the blog, there's like an interview that was done like right before COVID. That's like... It was a problem solution? Yes, it was a problem solution. (laughs) Yes. What the fuck is happening in this... On this website? What about Scrog Dogs in 2020? Will it be another busy travel year? March 12th. This is March 12th. Yes. And they're they're like, yeah, we're going to hit the road. We're going to Europe. Maybe the band isn't real and they are just an AI. I know there's a picture of them right below that, but I don't know. If uh, Jeff Scroggins or Colorado, you're going to have to reach out to us because we're afraid that you've been taken over by, by robots. Yeah, this is... And we're afraid for your safety. This is a... Bleep. Bleep bloop once if you're a human. <laughs> oh my gosh. This, uh, yeah, I can't look at this anymore. This is uh, harrowing. It's harrowing, that no, website. No, this is this is upsetting. But the music was good. Yeah, I will um, put the link to this website on our Patreon. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so if you guys want to check out an absolutely bizarre website, and if you want to posit some theories for what the actual H has happened here. Um, I also did a little bit more light sleuthing, and it seems that like there's a Jeff Scroggins that now lives in Canada just to get it weirder. <sighs> no, that's what you say about your girlfriend. I say that in quotation yeah. marks. I have a girlfriend that lives in Canada. Oh yeah. We're in love. I, no. I throw a sweater over the chair next to me. I say, Oh, Jeff Scroggins. He's in the bathroom. He's coming right back. 
Anyway. Uh, good song. Good tune. Hip yeah. We enjoyed the song. Yeah. We enjoyed that song. I did imagine during this a Joseph Fink with no shoes on tapping his little hobbit foot. Oh, so cute. To this song. Aww. You know what I'm you know what I'm picturing right now? What? What? A piping steamy fan zone calzone, and I'm ready to tear into it with my plastic knife and fork. Ooh. Get into it. Stay right there. Good morning, Nightville will return after a brief break. All right, Rose writes, Hi, beloved Tri-Hosts. It is Rose again, and I don't know which episode of A Matter of Blood this will be read during, if any. I am writing in with a question on whether or not the part with Dana taking all this power is a critique on communism or power corrupting when intentions are good. I don't know how else to phrase it. I just like y'all's thoughts on that. Also, I don't know if anyone has written in about this, but in September on Twitter, there was a Tumblr Sexy Man poll, and Cecil Palmer was included, and he lost. But now, Tumblr has polls, and Cecil Palmer is handily beating everyone he has come up against, and is in the final matchup, looking very likely to win with an 18% lead. And your girl did her civic duty and voted for Cecil in all the polls she saw. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Well, Rose... Here's the problem with any economic or social structure that exists. In and of themselves, they are not bad ideas, but they are corrupted by people who come in and ruin everything because people have agendas individually, differently from one another. So you can take what what is seemingly innocuous and something that may even be very beneficial and watch it get twisted and warped by people's greed and fear and paranoia. And ambition, and I don't mean that in a good way, so uh, ruthless ambition. Uh, so that is mm-hmm. that is the problem. So, yes, like, it, the intentions are almost irrelevant because people just, like, you know, take any, take any concept you can think of that is just sort of a general concept. Like, the idea of religion is not bad. The people have the people have something that brings them comfort and gives them an ethical code and a code of conduct and fellowship with one another. That's all great. But people get involved, and then you have the crusades. So uh, there yep. you go. That's that's my feeling on it. What about y'all? I very much agree with you. Power corrupts the, because of people. That people make the choices to want more or, you know, not want to share the spoils of that power with others. And so, or just like unfairly distribute like whatever they feel like. So I think that does make it really challenging. And I I hope that doesn't happen to our dear, sweet Dana. Yes. And the Tumblr sexy man poll. It was really nice. Cecil won, you guys. (laughs) Hey, that's wonderful. It brought me back. It warmed my heart. It reminded me of like 2014 of like just the feeling of 2014. It it was really, it's really nice, really nice to know that we're all still connected to, to each other, even though we've gone near and we've gone far, but we all can still come together on tumblr.com and Throw it in for old Cecil. All right. So Tom writes to us, good morning, Meg, Symphony, and Hal. Well, actually, it's afternoon as I write this. 
Anyway, just thought you'd like to know that I literally yelled yes to myself in my car when Meg gave the Egyptian theater uh, a shout out during Good Morning About A Matter of Blood Part 1. I was totally envisioning the Egyptian during Cecil's little exercise. It's one of my favorite places to see live performances in Boise. Speaking of Boise, y'all definitely need to hit up a Sherry's next time you're here. We've still got a few. (laughs) Sad to hear they're closing down in other places. Love the show. Tom from Meridian. In Idaho. It's the theater of the I mind. I really want a pie shake so mm-hmm. bad. Yes, I want a pie oh, shake and so I want good. more theater of the mind. Yes, absolutely. And hopefully we'll get more of that too, Meg. Yes. We'll get what you're craving. Maybe one day we'll get back to Boise. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's the hope. Next up in the Cal Zone, we have Carolyn. Carolyn writes, Hi, Meg, Symphony, and Hal. A few episodes ago, you, you talked about fan interactions at live shows, and that reminded me that I made a little illustrated zine of my favorite Night Vale quote before the live show in September. Unfortunately, there wasn't an opportunity to give it to anyone of the cast, so I thought I'd send it to you now. I really enjoyed making this. Welcome to Night Vale, and good morning, Night Vale. Continue to bring me a lot of joy. A quick note about the live show. It was so amazing. Definitely one of my favorite things that happened in 2022. The story really touched me, and I had a great time. Symphony, you were fantastic, and your outfit was so beautiful. Why, thank you. I really like Tamika's arc in The Haunting of Night Vale. I love how much she's grown since we first saw her, and I related a lot to her in this story. I'm also going to attach a drawing I made of Symphony after the show while I'm at it. Oh, much, lots of love from Germany, Carolyn. P.S. Uh, congrats on Cecil Palmer winning the Tumblr Sexy Man election. He truly deserved it. He did. Oh, look at, speaking of sexy, look at me. It's a great drawing. Meow. Look at your sparkle tights. I love well it. Well done. And I know, I'm like, they really did a good job. I'm like, I know exactly what outfit this is. <laughs> it's a good one too i looked really hot in this so you're correct thank you everyone who wrote in this week and for all of our listeners next episode is a matter of blood part three but until then good morning night vale good morning Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Meg Bashwinner, and Hal Loveland. It is edited by Felicia Dominguez and mixed by Vincent Cascione. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. Theme music by Disparition. Email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and ask questions, or to tell us what you would bring to the blood matter from space potluck. This show is powered by our patrons, like Belinda Mathy, Balthazar, Bree Palmer, Caitlin Llewellyn, and Carter. If you are interested in supporting the show in exchange for lots of fun, exclusive, insider, hyper-cool kid content, check us out at patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. For more info on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Nightvale Chat. Special thanks to Joella Knapp, Jeffrey Craner, and Joseph Fink. The Calzone ingredient of the week is an upsetting amount of glitter. 
They say you shouldn't meet your heroes. I'm Joseph Fink, and I'd like to introduce you to I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats, the show where I meet my hero and have conversations about songwriting, art, and life. This podcast is going to be weird for me because I'm proud of what I do, but I always try to change the subject if people tell me that my stuff is good. (laughs) I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.